everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Kurashev gains the Hurricanes line. Now across the hand. Mark who comes in on the back end. He scores. Power play goal for the Chicago Blackhawks. Matthias Yanmark. Odin into the Canes end. Back to the big defenseman who whiffs on the shot. But the rebound goes through. They score. Now Shaw in the bumper position. Across to Kane. Kane to the front of the net to Shaw. They score. A pretty pass from Patrick Kane. And Andrew Shaw buries it. And a third power play goal here in the first period. Has the Blackhawks up 3-1. to one. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast morning after edition, and it's the morning after, well, we were building to this, right? Uh, We'll get to all of the thoughts and highlights in a second. A reminder, the Morning After podcast is a service of our friends at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina if it's for the exterior of your home. You can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. They do great siding work, uh, roofing, gutters, incredible. Gutter helmets, I mean, you want to wear a helmet, right? Uh, Martin Natchez could use a gutter helmet. We'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. But it's if it's for the exterior of your home, AluminumCompany.com. Check them out right there for a free, no-obligation estimate. We were building to this. We talked to Rod Brindamore before the game, and we kind of knew things were uh, kind of building towards what we saw tonight, and here's why I say that. Obviously, Tuesday night, Carolina got away with uh, a game that, well, they didn't play badly. They just didn't play their game. They got sucked into Chicago's game. They were chasing around a lot. There was some loose coverage. They were somewhat lucky, relied too much on their goaltender. And uh, Carolina was fortunate to win it in a shootout. Uh, But I'll go back even to Sunday's game against Dallas. First period was dominant. And then they kind of came off of that a little bit in the second and third periods. Again, fortunate, won it in a shootout. uh, But really were not not great. Dallas is an... an outstanding team, so no big deal. Uh, you're not always you're not going to dominate a good team. I thought Carolina's best period actually in that game was probably the uh, the third period, uh, but they were not great. So uh, we're sort of building to this. And when I talked to Rod Brennamore before the game, I said it can go one of two ways. Either it's a great sign because you're winning games that you probably didn't play your best, so good teams find a way to win. But the other side of that is that. It's not that you don't learn your lesson. It's just that there's only so many times you're able to come back. Only so many times you can get away with not doing what you're supposed to do. And tonight was the game that bit Carolina in the short pants uh, because way too many mistakes. Three power play goals in the first period. Loose coverage in front. uh, Missed assignments. All of that adds up to allowing five goals and then the empty netter, and they lose it to the Blackhawks 6-4. to four. Uh, So, look, 
this is not indicative of who they are. It doesn't have to be an indictment on anything. I know every we all get uh, you know mad uh, when the, when the team doesn't play the way they're supposed to play, uh, but there's still a lot of guys that really have not yet figured out this season. Again, I'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about this a little bit, and we'll be joined by Alec Campbell uh, in our second segment. Um, but it was the first time we saw Dougie Hamilton, I think, play really well. I thought Dougie was pretty good tonight, for the most part. Um, you know, there were maybe a couple of moments in the second, in the third period, uh, where he was, I don't know, uh, just not all there. Uh, the empty net goal probably could have been prevented, but I don't think it really matters. I don't think Carolina was scoring. Uh, if I mean, Chicago had great performances out of Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett, uh, and uh, Dominic Kubalik was dynamite. Uh, their best player was the goaltender, Kevin uh, Lankin, and uh, Carolina had tons of opportunities, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that. But this was a special teams loss. Three out of five in the power play for Chicago, 0 for 4 in the power play for Carolina. Remember, against Tampa, Dallas, and Dallas, those three games, two of the best power plays in the sport. Remember, Dallas came in at better than 50%. Uh, small sample size, four games, but they were 10 of 19. Uh, in Carolina, went 10 for 11 on the kill. They went 3 for 3 on the kill against Tampa. Not so good against the Blackhawks, where they have allowed four power play goals in two games. 5-on-5 five five was good. Uh, I actually think 5-on-5 five five was great in the second period. It was good enough in the first period at 5-on-5. Five five. wasn't amazing, but it was good enough. Uh, in the second period at 5-on-5, five five, they were awesome. Third period at 5-on-5, five five, they were good. They weren't amazing, but they were good. And they created a lot of chances, a lot of opportunities to score. We're going to go through some of them. Um, but the, the problem tonight was the penalty kill just was not there. Uh, the other part that I think everybody will will uh, remember from this game is Martin Natchez's head bouncing off the ice. Uh, now, there was no, no blood uh, and we don't know how much of the brunt was uh, absorbed by the helmet versus his, the side of his face. Uh, my, I guess my suspicion is that it was probably a lot more helmet than face, and obviously that's good, uh, because if the side of his head smashed into the ice that way, you would have, you would have thought that there would have been blood involved, but there wasn't. So hopefully he'll, uh, he'll escape serious injury. Uh, maybe even come back and play on Sunday in Columbus. Uh, but that was certainly scary. Mostly, I mean, not mostly. I mean, it's scary because Natchez uh, is a human being. You don't want to see a human being's face bounce off the ice. Uh, but it was also, uh, he's been playing so well. And I thought, for the most part, he was very good tonight as well. Again, to me, the story of this game is Kevin Lankinen for Chicago. Because Carolina had so many opportunities and just couldn't get enough of them to go. Now Svechnikov breaks into the Chicago zone. Has it behind Lankinen's net. Back in up front. Shot right on. And a major save by Lankinen is oh Almost made Tripp's prediction come true. Ah. Exactly my feelings, Trip Tracy. Uh, Aho had I scored the first goal of the game, had three other amazing chances 
Uh, I mean, Sebastian could have scored, I don't know, four goals, five goals tonight. Uh, he ends up with the one and one assist. Uh, Brock McGinn had a shot in the second period, point blank on a pass from Svechnikov that he just couldn't elevate enough. Vincent Trocek hit the post. I think that might have been on a power play. The second power play for Carolina of the four that they had actually generated some opportunities. They just didn't score. Uh, so Trocek hits the post. Uh, Tavo Teravainen took a great pass from Jordan Stahl uh, and couldn't get it by Lankin. And Jake Gardner uh, was all alone, in, I don't know, maybe six feet from the goal and hesitated just too long, gave Lankin a chance to square up, uh, and then Gardner just shoveled it right into his... Uh, uh, the crest on his sweater. Ryan Dezingle made a great move in transition uh, and shoveled it right at Lankinen. I mean, there were a lot of opportunities to score. Uh, Lankinen was the best player to me for Chicago. Uh, I don't know what the stars were, but he was tremendous. I know he, it's going to be hard to give somebody a, a like a you know a star when they allow four goals, but Carolina could have scored ten. Lankinen was just that good tonight. Patrick Kane had a goal and three assists. Dominic Kubelik, one and two. Alex Dabrinkit, uh, he scored the uh, the last two goals for Chicago, the game winner, and then the empty netter. Uh, Matthias Janmark uh, had the first power play goal. Uh, of, of that sequence you heard, it was Janmark, then it was Kubelik, and then it was Andrew Shaw. Uh, and that one came uh, right after a four on, five on three expired. Uh, so again, we walked through the best of the count. I thought Reimer was good. Uh, again, Nino was great. The top line of Ajo, Svechnikov, and McGinn was outstanding. Uh, I think Rod will probably ride with that for a while. Uh, but I will say this, uh, Tevo Teravainen, two games back after the COVID break, I think he was great tonight and, uh, they need him to be great. He, they... The team needs Tavo Teravainen to be the Tavo Teravainen that we've watched for the last two years. Uh, we haven't really seen that just yet from Tavo. All right, let's run through uh, through the highlights, uh, and then we'll uh, take a break, and we'll talk to Alec Campbell uh, about this. Uh, the game uh, the game started awfully fast for Carolina as Sebastian Ajo and Dougie Hamilton kind of trade places. The Canes keep it in. Good work is Ajo circling at the top of the dot. Gets it to Hamilton. Back to Ajo. Into the slot. He scores! Sebastian Ajo with a snapper. A minute 15 into this one. And the Canes jump out to a 1-0 lead. Yeah, it was a really good hockey play, I thought. Uh, just Ajo and uh, Hamilton kind of trading spots. Hamilton has the puck, and he uh, skates it a little bit uh, down the right wall and just kind of leaves it for Ajo, who kind of curled in behind Hamilton and then just let fly. Uh, great wrist shot, 115. It was one nothing. Carolina. Svechnikov got the other assist. And then it was the parade to the penalty box, and that's where really where Carolina lost control of this game. Yanmark finished a great feed. Uh, from uh, from Kubelik and Kurashev, um, that was just good passing. But and it's going to happen when you're when you're shorthanded. Good passing. Uh, and by the way, Chicago's power play. I don't know that they really set up as much as they just skate you on the power play. There is so much movement in their power play. It really is fun to watch. Uh, then Kubelik after a whiffed shot. 
uh, just kind of fell to him, and he uh, buried it to make it 2-1. And then right at the end of a five, just after a five-on-three expired, and Carolina did a very good job of killing off a five-on-three. Vincent Trocek had a chance to clear the puck after the five-on-three expired. So there's still about, oh, I don't know, 40 seconds of power play, whatever it was, uh, to burn off. Uh, Trocek had a chance to clear the puck, and he couldn't do it. And the extended possession, essentially, uh, with seven seconds left in the period, uh, Andrew Shaw was alone in front, and he buried it, and it's 3-1. And, I mean, you feel like you were dominated, but you were really dominated by special teams. Um, Chicago went, they had four power plays in the first period. I mean, you just... The chances of you winning a game when you're when you give up four power plays in a in the first period just are not great, uh, and Chicago's got a super super power play. But then we get to the second period, and I don't know if Rod threw a whole bunch of bats uh, in the showers at the uh, in the first intermission, uh, but or if did he threaten to uh, to kill everybody uh, because forty two seconds in. Nino Niederreiter was in the right right place at the right time. Carolina though, gets to the puck, trying to keep it in on the near boards and do. Slavin shot, bounces, and they score! A bouncing puck in front, and Nino Niederreiter takes advantage of loose play by the Blackhawks. And Carolina, right back in this game, trailing 3-2. Slavin takes a shot from the point. Natchez actually deflected. It looks like it deflected off a defenseman for Chicago. And it just kind of fell to Niederreiter, uh, who was kind of diagonal to the right of the goal. Uh, and he uh, backhanded it over uh, Lankanen for a 3-2 score. Then right off the next faceoff, Carolina loses the faceoff. But that didn't stop Hamilton and Svechnikov from hooking up. Fourth goal of the season for Niederreiter. Now the Canes looking for more as Hamilton skates in. And they get it. They score! Andre Svechnikov deposits the rebound. And we're tied in a blink of an eye. It was a very good play by Hamilton. A great play by Hamilton, actually. Uh, so they lose the draw. Ajo loses the draw at center ice. Uh, but it's sort of a, an available puck. And Hamilton just bursts in uh, down the right side. Uh, he takes a shot, but it was never a shot that was intended to go in. Uh, it was a low shot, put it on the pads of Lankinen. Uh He kicked it out right to Svechnikov, who put it into a, what amounted to an empty net. Uh, and suddenly, 50 seconds into the second period, all the bad feelings of the first period are gone, and it's 3-3. Uh, and that's the way it stayed through two periods. And then, early in the third, uh, it was... Patrick Kane, arguably the most talented American player, not not saying best, the most talented, physically gifted American player ever. Now Kane against Slavin. Kane fighting off the Carolina Hurricanes defender. He pushes his way to the net. He's going to draw a penalty. The puck went into the Kane's net, but I believe the penalty is called before they saw the puck cross the goal line. Either way, Chicago is getting a power play here. Uh, they did not get the power play because that was a goal, and I think it was a good goal. Uh, and I know there are a lot of people that uh, that didn't think so. I thought it was a good goal when I first saw it live. Uh, I also didn't think that it was a penalty on Slavin. I'm not really sure what he did. I mean, he did use his free hand, but I don't think he uh, held. He pushed, which I think is legal. 
uh, I don't know, maybe there was a hook or maybe there was something else that I wasn't aware of or I didn't notice uh, in the the many times that I rewatched the play. Uh, but ultimately, um, Kane got the puck on net. It was loose in front of Reimer. Slavin's skate pushed it, looked like uh, essentially underneath Reimer and through. Uh, and even though the whistle's blowing, the puck wasn't dead, uh, and the puck was just laying there in the back of the goal. To me, I thought it was a good goal when I saw it. I was not surprised. That's the way it was ruled after review. So it's 4-3, just 2.41 in. Uh, but I mentioned that top line, Ajo, Svechnikov, and McGinn. And again, for the most part, those guys were awesome tonight, uh, and Ajo made a great pass to Brock, and we were even again. Andre Svechnikov. Pulls his way into the zone. Backhand for Ajo. Ajo to the point for Pesci. Back around the boards for Ajo behind the net. To McGinn in the slide. He scores! What a goal by Brock McGinn! We're tied at four in Chicago. Uh, seven minutes later, however, Alex DeBrinkett, uh, he scored uh, really off of uh, what amounted to a mad scramble in front. Now Kane alone in the slot. Reimer with a big save. Now another shot right out from the slot. And they score the rebound. To break it. Picks up the loose puck as Reimer couldn't control the rebound. And Chicago takes the lead back 5-4. The sad part is that Carolina on that shift, the earlier part of that shift, Carolina had a couple of chances to uh, take the lead. Uh, they had just great chances in front of Lankin. It was great. I mean, that to me is the difference in the game. Uh, and then at the end of that shift, Ajo was out there a pretty long time, and both he and uh, I think it was Shea behind the net, and there's no need to be behind the net when there's somebody out in front, uh, and it just became difficult, and Pesci was out there for a long time, uh, and uh, they just lost coverage, and Debrinkit, uh punched it in. It was 5-4. Carolina had a couple of chances after that, uh, but just couldn't find uh, the equalizer. There was a pass, for, I believe, from Stahl to Teravainen. I'm not sure if it was 4-4 or 5-4 time. There were so many good opportunities for Carolina. Uh, they just couldn't bury enough of them. And then Dabrinkit, uh goes into the empty net for uh, ultimately the final. Brett Pesci took a puck to the face today. Uh, I don't know exactly where it hit him. He uh, There was blood everywhere. Uh, he left the ice, but didn't miss a whole lot of time. He came back to play the third period. Uh, so we had some we had some bumps and bruises. We had Pesci get uh, get opened up a little bit. Uh, we had Natchez bounce his head off the ice. Hopefully he'll be okay. Uh, Reimer was good, uh, not great. Um, the, he probably should have stopped the Kane shot and not even allowed the rebound. That probably is something that should have been covered. But again, Slavin sort of moved into him anyway. Uh, but it was kind of a game where Carolina got what they deserved. They were not sharp. It was uh, obviously it was sloppy in the defensive end. Uh, and at some point, you got to start burying some of more of these chances. Because as bad as they were, this game was essentially, it was pond hockey-ish. In the past, Carolina has been good at that. And they weren't terrible today at, uh, at that. But the problem is, it looks like that's the game Chicago wants to play. Not the, the one that Carolina, w w you know, kind of will accept. This is the way Carol, uh, Chicago wants to play. 
and they've got speed and talent. It's not a bad hockey team, I don't think. I don't think they're great defensively, but Carolina didn't play enough uh, behind Chicago's defense uh, to really make it work. There there were great moments, and I think the I thought Nino Niederreiter and that line were very good. I think the best line was Aho Svechnikov and McGinn, uh, but Carolina just didn't do enough with the chances they had. They could have gotten away with this again tonight, but maybe they shouldn't have, right? Maybe uh, maybe this will be better for them in the long run, and they'll get back to the way Rod Brindamore wants them to play. We'll take a short break. We'll come back. We'll talk with Alan Campbell on the other side. It's the Canes Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The five-game winning streak is over. The last time the Hurricanes won at least six in a row was 2010. 2010. Maybe the Canes will start another uh, multi-game winning streak on Sunday in Columbus. Short break. Alec Campbell joins us on the other side. Alec Campbell, my friend, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermissions, noon to three, Monday through Friday, uh, puts together uh, the greatest opens in the history of radio. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you do. Uh, all right, let's, uh, I mean, kind of got what they deserved, didn't they? Yeah, so much for 55-1. and one. It's out the window now. <laughs> it was a good run. You know, good good start to the season. Six one and zero, five game winning streak. Couldn't make it six, and uh, you know it was just one of those games where it was like they were kind of fighting it from the beginning, a little bit. I mean, they got out to the early lead. That was cool. Sebastian Ajo from the suburbs of Chicago, uh, able to score, and then the penalty kill has just reared its ugly head Oof. suddenly in the last couple of games. I think I jinxed it. <laughs> because I was talking about the penalty kill in glowing terms, even better so than the power play at one point. And the Hurricanes just had a hell of a time. I think they were, I think the Blackhawks were what, four for seven four, on in, the power yeah, play in, in the these two games. Two games. Yep. So, you know, and, you know, it, good on them to kind of fight back, tie it up twice, but it just felt like they were kind of swimming upstream for a lot of the game and for a team that has been, I think really solid defensively and not just from their defensemen, but from any, you know, from all over the ice, the last couple of games really have been kind of loose. And I'm not sure how much that has to do with guys coming back from COVID and sort of throwing a wrench in everything. And it, it's sort of affecting everyone's game or what, but they've just had defensive issues, coverage issues, you know, communication type things. I mean, again, tonight in the third period, we had a guy who was marked and another guy going to help, which this tonight it happened to be Sebastian Ajo, and it left people open. So I'm not sure what the deal is with all of that kind of stuff, but they're going to have to tighten that up. And I actually thought Reimer was pretty good. <laughs> Thought he made a ton of great saves, but yeah. I didn't think that the, the 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 team in front of him helped him a whole lot. I mean, he was put in a lot of really precarious scenarios. So it was it was not a good game. But you know, every once in a while, you're you're kind of put back in your place a little bit. So if I could be the glass half full guy that I am, oh yes, about the Hurricanes, uh, maybe it was a good thing. Maybe we can look at it as you know 
a time to to sharpen things up a little bit, figure out where the weaknesses actually are. I mean, the one nit that I would pick that I had that I was picking was the parade to the penalty box. The Hurricanes have been kind of on over the last few games. They took six penalties in the first game against Dallas, five in the second game against Dallas, two on Tuesday, and then another five tonight. They've had a tough time staying out of the penalty box. So, there's a you know there's some places where they can straighten a couple of things up. Well, look there. I, uh, it was clearly a game where special teams was the deciding factor. Three for five for Chicago, over four for Carolina. Only one of the four power plays uh, was you know generated anything great. I thought they generated on the second power play, um, and I think there might have been one chance on like the third one where Trocheck hit the bar, uh, mm-hmm. but ultimately it was uh, this was a special teams loss um i thought for the most part um this was a game uh, like i think this is chicago style so chicago wants to just go up and down Uh, they want to loyola marymount this uh and while carolina can play that style chicago wants to and i think Mm -hmm. chicago's got speed and i do think the fact that there are so many new guys coming back into the lineup uh, who were uh, who were sitting around for ten days? I think that did work into Chicago's favor uh, because while Fogel scored and he was good for about two periods the other day, I didn't think Fogel was great in the third period on Tuesday night. I didn't think he was particularly good tonight. Uh, I I think Slavin was much better tonight than he was in the first two periods on Tuesday. But Teravainen wasn't very good tonight, I didn't think. Uh, no. Martinook had another... I mean, he had some moments, but he, other, yeah. other than that, he wasn't great. Uh, and, and we didn't get the Jordan Martinook, you know, fiery ball of energy either. Um, Carolina's best players were in their top two lines tonight. Um, Aho Svechnikov and McGinn, I thought, was an awesome line. Uh, and I liked, uh, again, Trocek, Niederreiter, and Natchez, and we'll talk about the Natchez injury. And I actually think for the, on the rare rare time, I think Nito was the best player on that line tonight. I thought Nito, I, I love Nito tonight. I had Nito as my third star tonight. No, oh, I don't give stars uh, when they lose. I'm bitter. Oh, well, I I'm have bitter to when they because lose. it's, I have to because it's sponsored. So Nito was my third star. Tonight. I don't have a sponsor on this for that. I should get a sponsor on this for that. What's what? Do you, where's your sales team, man? You Gosh. need to you, get, you need to get them on that. I am, I am very upset. I'm calling Jack. Go sell a sponsorship. Get my twelve year old to do that. He likes to tell. He likes to come up with the stars. You know what you should do? You should just make it sponsored by the letter P <laughs> for penalty. Right. P for penalty. Or, or the letter S for stars. <laughs> um. Look, so to me, that was, I I thought five on five Carolina was good. Uh, They were a little sloppy and loose defensively at five on five, especially around the goal. Um, But, I mean, five on five, they generated so many many chances. Uh, I really think the best player in the game was uh, Lankinen. I thought Chicago's goaltender won them the game. Aho scored a goal, but he could have had four, maybe five. Uh, McGinn did score a goal, but he had two other good chances. Uh, Trocek hit a post. Teravainen took a great pass from Stahl right in front and couldn't bury it. Uh, Gardner was all alone in front. 
uh, hesitated too long, uh, gave Lankin a chance yeah. to square up, and then Gardner hit him in the stomach with it. Dezingle made a dynamite move in transition um, and tried to go five-hole and couldn't convert. They had so many point-blank opportunities. I mean, Carolina could have – it would have been the same issue. They still would have had the same defensive zone uh, problems and the same penalty kill problems, but they could have won the game 8-5 just as easily as they lost 6-4 with as, with as, as many opportunities as they had because Chicago want that's what, the way Chicago wants to play. They want to give you those. Uh, Carolina just couldn't convert. Yeah, I mean, Spetsnikov fed two people oh. from behind the net. Yeah, you what, know, he fed McGinn and and Aho. Who was yeah, and Aho just so, didn't get good wood on it. Uh, but right. it was still it, it still could have gone. I mean, Lankin had to make a great save on it. Oh yeah, no, this was not about. I didn't think this was about offense necessarily. No. I thought this was all about defense for them. They they were just very spotty, very loose defensive. I mean, they gave up a ton of chances too. Yeah. So I mean, I thought that Patrick Kane was dangerous. I mean, he had four He's point always night. dangerous, man. I, love I mean, he, dude, he is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he is ridiculous. Um, I, I thought Svechnikov was good. I thought he was really good. He yeah. was my first star tonight. I had I had Nino as my third star. Aho as my second. Svechnikov as my first. Although, you know, Aho was a part of that play that allowed the yeah. the final goal, the the, the go ahead goal in the third period. I could have given it to Brock McGinn. Um, you can't really talk about how many chances Brock McGinn gets. You just have to talk about the ones he does get. And he, <laughs> he, he got one tonight, which was a nice one. That was great. Uh, so that was cool. But, yeah, I mean, they they just have to clean it up defensively a little bit. And it's funny because, like, sometimes I don't know what they want to be. You know, like, I know what Rod says they're going to be or what he wants them to be. But, like, I didn't feel like they were really that at all last year. Like, we talk about the Blackhawks being sort of an up-and-down team, and I felt like that's what the Hurricanes were last year more than anything. Yeah. You know? And then this year they get into, I think, probably more of what Rod wants them to be except for this game. And it was almost like they got caught between the two styles a little bit somehow. You know, like, I feel like maybe it's easier to play that kind of game against the Dallas that also plays that kind of game. Yes. Um, but then when you get into, you know, a game with Chicago, then it's like, oh, wait, we can do that, too. But no, we're not supposed to do that. So let's not do that. But wait, we're, you know, and it's like they, they continuously bait you into trying to do that. And so they, they get they kind of get caught in their in between identities. It's an easy uh, thing to uh, to get trapped into doing. I mean, it's fun. Right. Right? It's just fun to do that. You go up and down, man. Everybody's getting chances. I mean, it was yeah. crazy. It was... Uh, I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fun to watch uh, unless you're the head coach, and that's not what right. you... <laughs> that's not the way, uh, the way you want to play. Um, uh, let, let's talk about the, the Kane goal that made it 4-3 early in the second. Because Carolina probably had three chances before Kane scored that goal uh, yeah. early in the uh, in the third period. Um, this is the way I saw it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I'm, maybe I missed something. A, I didn't think Slavin committed a penalty. He didn't grab Kane. He pushed him. He had his hand uh-huh. out, kind of trying to like hold him up. I also think that maybe Slavin mis- kind of misread 
uh, what Kane was trying to do. I think Slavin was like if he would have tried to beat him to the spot. Maybe he was afraid that Kane was going to cut back cut inside, and, and which he has done before. Uh, mm-hmm. So he was kind of uh, hedging there. Um, but I didn't think Slavin really committed a penalty. But I thought it was a goal the whole way. It didn't surprise me at all that they uh, they ruled it a goal on the ice. I mean, the puck wasn't covered. It was in the net. <laughs> so yeah. just because they blew the whistle doesn't mean it's not a goal. Yeah, I mean, number one, I was a little surprised, and maybe I shouldn't be, to see Kane still with that speed this at this point in his career. I mean – Guys played a lot of hockey, and he just turned it on yep. uh, to get to the net. Uh, number two, I was making a joke about the Spetch interference thing, people. I know. Like, I had <laughs> I had one guy sort of scold me, like, you know, how was that interference? And I'm like, it kind of wasn't. It wasn't really the same play. I was just making a joke. <laughs> so, sorry, Kevin. That I did that, and then and then he's like, "Hey, man, you just got to be careful because people, you know, take what you say." And I'm yeah, like, "I, I careful, get it, Alec. I apologize. So sorry to everyone who I led astray <laughs> with my bad joke about Spetch interference last week. I wasn't really being really that serious with that, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I." I, I don't. I, I never know in those scenarios. Like I don't know what it's going to be. So I just kind of let it play out. I mean, the puck trickled in, so I didn't. You know, I, it was it was Slavin who went crashing into to Reimer. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't Kane. So and it went off. Uh, went off a of Slavin skate. Yeah, and the you know. So I don't know. I guess I kind of assumed it was going to be a goal, but sometimes I never know what they're going to do whenever the goaltender gets crashed into. Well, that's true. I, t- I mean, I, I, uh, as soon as I saw it, I mean, I put on Twitter, I said, I think that's probably a goal. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's not. It shouldn't be. I'm like, well, I don't know why it shouldn't be, but if you say so. Uh, but I also didn't think it was a penalty either. And I think uh, I, on TV, I know Tripp was calling for a penalty on Slavin, no goal, but I don't know how that would be the case. To me, it looked like a well, goal. Um, but... It is. Uh, it is what it is. It was. Uh, it was a goal. Um, so there. I mean, I look. I, I, to me, people get so bent out of shape when they lose a game. Uh, right. They're six two and zero. Oh. Um, yeah. You know, when I talked to Rod before the game, we were talking about how the game Tuesday was not what he wanted. Uh, I actually think it started showing up in the set last two periods against Dallas on um, uh, on Sunday. Uh, where the game, not, I mean, Dallas is really good, so it's going to happen to a really good team. Uh, but I didn't think they were as good the last two periods against Dallas. Uh, so, and they they were lucky to get up, you know, get two points out of that one when Nino scores uh, with yeah. 240 some odd, uh, you know, left on the clock just to force overtime. Uh, so, you the two one of two things happens. Either... Uh, you know, good teams figure out a way to win and then they snap out of it before they need a lesson or it catches up to you. Tonight it caught up to him. So I think yeah, they'll snap I mean, out of it and play a more structured game against Columbus. I think they will too. I, I think, you know, the, the, the first game against Dallas, I mean, that's that's an outlier of a game. Yeah. You know, you, you can't, 
you can't make that the standard and then get upset, you know, when they lose a couple of days later. Like these things ebb and flow. Every game's not going to be easy. Every game's not going to be a complete struggle. They're six and two. They lost a game tonight, and that's all it is. It's it's really not. I, I don't. I don't look at this as any kind of big deal at all, right? I don't. In fact, like I said earlier, just being my, my glass half full self, probably a good thing. Positive, because as, well, as, Because as you mentioned, like it wasn't like things weren't rearing their heads beforehand. So the problem is, you know, you win games despite your faults and you can get lulled to sleep on, you know, thinking that you're better than you are. So now you get the negative reinforcement you know, the, here are the problems that you had. Now Rod can prove it to them. See, this is what happens when you do this. This is what happens when you do this. Like I told you, you just were getting away with it. And, you know, you, you, uh, you figure it out. So I think they will. I also think they have to get guys legs and confidence and feel and instincts and hands and all that stuff still back, you know, Tavo to because who knows what kind of effects these things have, man. Right. Like I was just, I was just seeing, um, seeing a tweet, uh, from, from doc rivers on, uh, about Seth Curry who got COVID on January. Right. And them talking in January 7th and them talking about how maybe he was still feeling the effects of it, uh, you know, because doc was saying that he's got some lethargy and, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, like who knows what it's going to take for guys to feel better. I mean, Dougie even said after the game that he didn't really, he felt fine, but he didn't feel great, you know, and he wasn't even one of the ones to get it. Right. So they have all these layoffs, this disjointed season, and they're introducing guys in and out of the lineup who haven't played. So, I mean, it's going to be a thing they're going to have to deal with. And most teams are probably going to have to deal with Hell, We got another, another game cancellation tonight. Colorado had their games canceled until February 11th or postponed or whatever. Right. Uh, so everyone's going to have to deal with it at some point, but it's just, it's, you know, who knows how long it's going to last and how it affects these guys. So they'll, they'll figure it out. I still got faith in them. It's just one loss. Yeah. It's sports. They're you lose sometimes. They're still six yeah. and two. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb. If they win six out of every eight, I yeah. think they'll make the playoffs. Right. Don't don't make it a habit. You know, you don't don't go on these three, four game losing streaks after you go on winning streaks. You know, if you win a few games, then you lose one, then you win a few more, you'll be all right. Yeah. You know, I mean, the truth is you don't even need long winning streaks. Do you know they haven't had a winning streak longer than five games in eleven years? I used that stat. I saw I read your preview and I used it in the Stormwatch today. That was a hell of a stat. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, yeah, the, no and, and that well, I, was, I just, I only wanted to do that so people didn't think that I was passing it off as my own. No, it's fine. So I just want to give you credit. It's it's readily available. All I did was look yeah. it up at Hockey Reference, and that was uh, kind of a wraparound seven game winning streak around the Olympics. It was like a two and a half week break for the uh, the Olympics in 2010. So, which was which was a great Olympic hockey tournament when Canada beat the United States in overtime in Vancouver. I, I also think that. it's. It, I also think like I was. I was almost wondering if the Hurricanes. You know, I was. They should have fought for overtime. That's what they should have done, and then they should have fought for a shootout. 
because the Hurricanes have won their last eight shootouts. And that is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, remember a time when shootouts were just a loss? Well, they went one year. I I mean, I have to – look, I don't want to do this research, but now you're going to make me because I want to I want to figure out which year it was. I believe they went one year where they only scored two shootout goals. Like for the entire year. It's hard to win, right? Yeah. It's hard yeah. to win when you don't score a goal in a shootout. Uh, but, yeah, I think there was one year where they only scored like two shootout goals. They used to be atrocious – yeah. at it. Uh but not only are they good uh I'm not sure I used this in the uh in the preview or not, but not only had they won their last 8 in a shootout, uh but they basically have like a two-thirds winning percentage after regulation the last 3 years. Yeah. I think they're what was it like 9 and 2 or something like that? Well, they're like 21 and 11, I think. Oh, okay. After regulation in the last since Rod Brindamore's been the head coach. Okay. I thought I saw a nine and two stat in there somewhere too. I can't remember. I used one of them as well. But oh. yeah, that's what they should have done tonight. Just get it to overtime because that's been successful. <laughs> it uh it absolutely has. Uh real quick, uh they're gonna they, I'm pretty sure they're gonna get Jesper Faust back for Sunday at Columbus. He was taken off the COVID list yesterday. He he skated today or yesterday, I think, for the first time. Uh, my hunch is that he will draw back into the lineup uh, and Lorenz will come out, and they will be whole. They will have their full NHL lineup back. Minus uh, but yeah, Oh, that's right. I forgot. Um, look, I'm not optimistic that he's going to play on Sunday. I, don't, I'm, I find it hard to believe that he will. Uh, and, and Pesci also took a puck to the face. Uh, but he's a hockey player. He came back. Uh, you can't. I mean, you, the guy has to be broken to not play. He just—he's—he's yeah. he's, he's a weird being. Um, but, Mike said. Mike said on the broadcast he was bleeding from his face. That was one of my favorite <laughs> my favorite lines of the night. Oh, I, uh, b- by the way, I have the uh, the trip Tracy groan. Yes. Oh my God. Unbelievable. I'm definitely making that a drop tomorrow. It's so great. Um, but like I'm somewhat optimistic that like if Natchez's face had made contact with the ice, I'd have to think that there would have been blood. Right. This, cause it was the side of his head. Yeah. So to me, the helmet takes the brunt. So I'm I'm not saying he's okay, but what I'm saying is that it could have been a ton worse. And oh yeah, uh, so hopefully he won't miss too much time, because um, again, it's not just it's Natchez; he's a human being and a great guy. Uh, he's been playing great, and mm-hmm. the I mean I, I mean I brought this up to Rod, uh, plus five in time on ice over the last four games from what he was pre-shutdown. He went from just over 15 minutes a game to basically right at 20 minutes a game in mm-hmm. in the four games. Now, granted, a lot of guys haven't been there, so he's kind of had to play out of necessity, but he was right. at 20 minutes this past game, uh, and he led the team in uh, uh, shorthanded time among forwards. Uh, well, I was going to say, he's... 
he's been killing penalties and the penalty, the Canes have been going to the penalty box a lot. So that helps. <laughs> right. But they only did, they only took two against Chicago on Tuesday and he right. still had 147 a shorthanded time. And I was like, wow. Uh, but he's just been, his all around game is so much better. Uh, and they they, they will miss that because I mean, Natchez has been as big a part of why that line is great with Natchez, with uh, uh, Trocek and Niederreiter uh, as as any of those other guys. I love that combination, so hopefully he won't be out too long. Yeah, I agree. So does Fost slot in on that line? I would put him there. Yeah. I would put him there, absolutely. Jesper Fost, I think, has value playing up. I really do. And I'll tell you, actually, you know where I would put him? Except that McGinn is so good right now with Svechnikov and Ajo. Putting him on the right side of Svechnikov and Ajo. It mm-hmm. would, I mean, remember, he played with Strom and Panarin last year, basically right. all year long. And right. Strom and Panarin, they scored a bunch of points. Faust can play up. He's probably better used playing up. So, I mean, I could see that happening. I could see, I could see, I mean, McGinn's kind of a, I mean, I know it's working up there. It is. But I mean, McGinn's sort of a, a man who wears many hats in terms of, what line he plays on. And then do you think geeky comes back in? Uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I don't think Lorenz was noticeable tonight. And I think when Rod has the opportunity to get Martin Nook, you know, away from the middle and on a wing where he can be a little bit more disruptive, I think he's going to try and do that. Um, so I, yeah, I believe that geeky will draw back in, on uh, Sunday against Columbus. And now I, we're assuming that Natchez can't go uh, because yeah. it did look like something that would keep him out for a couple of games at least. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if Natchez can't play, yes, I think that we'll see Geeky draw back in. Um, and who knows? It, it might also be an opportunity for Dezingle to play up. Uh, I thought I thought Ryan was okay tonight, but they didn't play a ton uh, in the third period because that line just disappeared. I mean, Natchez's head bounced off the ice. Yeah. Like, I, I would be shocked if he played. I, I agree. I would be shocked. I agree. Uh, all right, it was fun. Uh, well. Even, even at a loss, we can have fun. Oh, no doubt. Even as we you're making Kevin mad. We, we have fun uh, even when there's no game. <laughs> that, well, we're not doing a morning after podcast tomorrow. I, I have other no. obligations. Okay, cool. Well, we are we going to do one? During the Super Bowl? No. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be very distracted during the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, I'm mad at the NHL for scheduling a game to start at 3 o'clock. Well, so the game will be 3 o'clock. That means that it'll be over by about 5.30, maybe right. a little after, which means I'll be done with Stormwatch at about 6.30. What time does the game start? 6? Six? 6.28. Okay. Well, actually, that's that's pretty good then, because then we can use all of the you know second quarter and halftime to tape, and then I'll be ready for the second half, and that's all I need. <laughs> Perfect, we figured it out. Uh, yeah, right. then we'll get the nitty gritty of the Super Bowl. We we could just we we could comment on the Super Bowl while we're doing the podcast. Excellent. All Can't right, wait. sir. I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. Peace. Thanks, man. All right, man. See you later. more. 
The Aluminum Company of North Carolina is thankful for your listenership. I have no idea what that means, uh, but the Aluminum Company of North Carolina sponsors this podcast. Uh, if it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Ask them, hey, Sammy Hanna, you're, you're the owner here. What's the difference between a bay window and a bow window? I can't tell you. Sammy can. Uh, all of their uh, outstanding salespeople can also tell you that. Uh, again, if, uh, if it's good for your home on the outside, it's at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, aluminumcompany.com. Uh, Canes lose 6-4 to Chicago, 6-2-0 and on the season. Uh, they will next play Super Bowl Sunday, a 3 p.m. start in Columbus. Patrick Lyonnais, who I believe scored for the Blue Jackets last time out, uh, will be there, uh, and uh, hopefully the Carolina Hurricanes will get back to playing the game. The Carolina Hurricanes uh, are best at playing. Uh, with all of that said, a quick reminder that we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, give us a rating. Give us a suggestion. Tell us what you like. Uh, tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you want more of. Any of that, that's there for you right there. Wherever you get your podcast, it'll just show up. Uh, then you don't have to go, hey, has Gold done a morning after podcast? Because uh, it's already in your phone or wherever you get your podcast. That's it. Uh, Canes lose. Sun will come up tomorrow. It's probably up already. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.